podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host, Ajit. We have a really special episode uh, lined up for you today. We have some guests who will be joining us and, uh, you know, with us review or preview the upcoming England uh, and India Test Series. Before we go and introduce our guests, let me welcome my co-host, Giri. Hi, Giri. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Ajit. How is it going? It was good. I mean, as we... keep discussing we keep alive we keep going right one day at a time yeah one day at a time or one quarantine evening at a time anywho um i think uh, without much further ado i should say hello to our guests jonathan and zack from the wrong end of the stick podcast hello guys hey how's it going <laughs> hi thank you for having us and uh, yeah we're we're taking it one lockdown at a time so that's it we just keep going from one lockdown to the next so that's we we're, we're, we're with you I say we'll keep it upbeat. We've got some cricket to look forward to. So we're looking forward to today's pod and, and getting into it. I mean, look, I'm very happy that there will be three tests starting come Friday, not three tests in progress come Friday. Only thing I would have liked it if they would have been held in different time zones. I would have appreciated that much more. Some, one in West Indies, one in South Africa, one in India or subcontinent, right? So then I can start the day with test cricket. I can end it with test cricket. that would be ideal wouldn't it i mean it's just so inconsiderate from you know those that organize in cricket not thinking about their global audiences i think See, we should hammer that point home i i don't mind i'm 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 going to happily get up at 4am to watch the england india series because what else have i got to do with my day so i don't i don't mind that i'm all right with it it's like if any time when i have to get up to watch cricket early give me it in lockdown you know this is the best time for me now because i've got nothing else on anywhere so i might as well get up before i am so i'm looking at it i uh, would you and knowing that you also talk a little bit about cricket uh, maybe you can uh, contact gerilla cricket maybe they're looking for volunteers to help them cover the series right <laughs> so nobody else is willing to get up before i am so i'll be there for them for that one yeah <laughs> no, i i think i'm doing them a disservice i must be frank <laughs> i think they have enough people and more but they could use one or two more i'm sure if you live especially anywhere near south london maybe just go make the tea you know uh, whatever yeah. right? <laughs> make the tea that so that's good for i think yeah <laughs> well at least somebody got the hint good to know uh, in any case so uh, no but you know what it could have been that there could have been a south africa tour of australia what australia tour of south africa the other way so i could have had my wish effectively that if things go to plan Australia would go to South Africa and play a test series there while England is still playing in India and Sri Lanka would go to West Indies and they would start a tour there I nearly have it I nearly have what I want but then if you were to look at the snap side of it it looks like at least the Australia tour of South Africa is cancelled Australia are mm. not very happy about the changes in uh, covid uh, progression in South Africa and they have had to turn down the tour they say it's postponed indefinitely but you know you know when this these tours can again take uh, go further uh, i don't know what you guys mm-hmm. think jonathan 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 sad. I think um, that, it, that that it looks as if that is isn't going to happen at all. I think it would have been a really interesting series um, to mm. see what Australia's reaction would have been after their uh, defeat to India um, and see quite what what that kind of series would have been. I mean. I think Australia probably would have won the series. South Africa don't look um, in a particularly good state of affairs in terms of test cricket at the moment. But, um, you know, I think it's sad, but I, I understand that, you know, the safety of, of players and staff and, and everything else comes above everything else. And there seems to be a bit of politics going on between the two, um, you know, um, cricketing bodies and authorities and teams and stuff at the moment. And, uh, you know, it's it's a shame that it's come to that. But I think ultimately, if if players and and everybody's you know health and you know uh, safety is is being looked after then that that's what you've got to prioritize at the moment i guess um, but it is a shame it was a series I, I would have looked forward to i look forward to any cricket but it would have been quite an interesting series um so it is a bit of a shame but uh, hopefully the world will come back to normal soon and we can we can get that get that played again at some point yeah i think it it is disappointing and no one ever wants to see a, a cricket match cancelled, especially a test match or a test series against um, Australia, South Africa, especially after Australia's uh, mad defeat against India. But again, I see the point, but I also think that, you know, I mean, how much health and safety is there sort of going on? I mean, in the professional sporting environment, I would expect there to be a lot of sound measures in place and protective bubbles so you know it is disappointing could more have been done could rearranging been done could a change of venue been done um you know it's it's a good way to kind of keep the momentum going has enough been done then like you say maybe there is some politics involved which is also added to that over the covid or on top of the covid stuff that's compounded it so disappointing um but yeah, I I don't know who I would have been leaning on after after Australia. I think they're looking pretty desperate. So um, I would I would have been behind the uh, the South African team if I if I had to choose. <laughs> yeah, look, it's a big deal for Australia as well. They're actually effectively giving up a chance to play in the World Test Championship final. Mm. Um, that so they actually threw an offer to Cricket South Africa saying, why don't you come over here? We have everything set up and we are comfortable. We recently have had two international tours as well. Why don't you come over here? I think Cricket South Africa turned it down. That's the thing that came to me as a surprise. I mean, yeah, I, I am surprised. I, I, do, I do. And part of this is just the fact that I'm quite cynical about Australia. Um, and, and, but I think, well, do they just not want to travel? Because, you know, Australia in Australia is a much more difficult challenge to face than going to South Africa. So, you know, I just wonder, is there, is there, is there a smidgen of, of that involved? And they thought that South Africa would would come over to them and that they had a better chance because obviously, as you, as you say, with the World Test Championship, that that you know they've they've effectively given that up now and and that they're not in the final which means that New Zealand definitely are um you know which is it's a bit it's a big thing for them it's the first first time that this is this is going and you know they're they're giving up their chance to be in there pretty much unless it's a weird result between England and India anyway but um you know it guarantees New Zealand are going to be in the final so um yeah I mean New, New Zealanders will be will be over the moon about it but uh yeah, I just wonder if they really thought that South Africa would kind of give in and, and travel to them. Look, in yeah. this case, I don't know, over the last couple of 
years it, this rivalry has developed differently but in the initial years or the initial parts of 2000s at least i must say not the initial years i think when the two were very evenly matched heavyweights it was always the away team that came away with the victor so i don't know what that means anymore but probably australia would have happy would have been happy to travel given they have such a record they have a very un, unenviable record in south africa they won multiple series there and steve waugh and multiple people right and then whenever smith went there he won yeah with the assistance of sunpepper they did really well out there as well <laughs> that, that was that was when it started changing with or without then things started changing i guess uh but yeah i mean maybe they have some bad memories that's the whole point i was going there maybe there is a little bit of associated trauma or associated bad memories they are not yet ready to deal with it's tough to imagine in today's day and age kiri i think they have they are pretty happy with that there is some sort of representation from the southern hemisphere right new zealand is already there so so the other team that will join them is probably england or india right so i was going to say i don't think the aussies are happy that new zealand is their their representation for <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. exactly exactly and new zealand will be playing again in lords so it's mm. also good memories for them right so it brings back the painful agonizing thing that happened especially if it's going to be england new zealand i don't think it is i think it's going to be india but if it, if it is england versus new zealand in the final again oh, i mean that's that's a, a recipe for some uh, a brilliant uh, you know um finish to that test isn't it All yeah, you have to yeah. do is check if there is such a tie break rule somewhere. In case of a tie, yeah, we do a count back yeah. on the number of dot balls in the test, or some oh, such so. rule, and then England will lose or New Zealand will lose. I mean, but seriously, do you think New Zealand is indeed deservedly in the World Test Championship final? I guess they were very good at home, but what about the rest? I think. I mean, I think they are up there with the top. four i think the top four is quite clear at the moment um in being england australia um india and new zealand and i think they're up there with it i think they uh well yeah i'm just going to go them i think they're probably not the strong not the strongest i think they're probably the weakest of the four um uh, you know as you say particularly traveling but they're there on merit they've won the games and i think th- i think it's unfortunate that the way the with the pandemic and everything that the the world test championship has panned out the way it has so so many teams have, have played a very few games and then some have played so many you know it was always going to be slightly skewed but that that's you know that that's led to it being you know um the pandemic has just led to it being a, a lot more um you know skewed than it we would like to it to have been but you know they've got some really good players um new zealand i i really enjoy watching them play um and if it is if it isn't going to be england in the final i'd i'd really like it to be new zealand because i just think they're a really entertaining team to watch as well they've got some really really good fun players i love ken williamson um is is he just fully epitomizes the spirit of cricket for me so i think i'm really pleased that they are there um do i think they're one of the top two teams in the world no probably not i no i think i'd agree with that i think you know they're definitely up there and i think they they're a solid team um you know out of the four that have been mentioned and maybe some of the other teams i don't i think they're not in amongst the the riff raff so to speak but they're you know they're formidable and they've and they've done the tests and if we're talking about the other teams so i know that you know a lot of other teams haven't had a chance to play as much uh cricket which i think is a shame um it's it's difficult because i think you can only go in in this scenario you can only go about what 
matches have been played and who's played them and, and judge it by that. So, you know, I'm not going to discredit New Zealand's performance and stuff because of the circumstances. I think even in light of the circumstances in that context, they deserve to be there. I think it's a shame that we didn't get to see everybody's potential um, over the, the Test Championship. I definitely think that's a shame, but, you know, do they deserve to be there? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think they'll also have a bit of home advantage given that it's played in uh, July in Lords. It might as well be played in Hamilton or Wellington or something. But okay, fine. Um, before we all <laughs> conclusively say it's going to be India, I think we have a bit of a journey to uh, go over and Cortez is a lot of time. Who said it was conclusively India? I think I probably did. I probably admit a defeat on that one already. I think I probably did, yeah. <laughs> I think David Lloyd said something along the lines of 3-0-4-0 in favor of India, just like Michael Vaughan did, you know, before the Australian series. So it could all it could all change, yeah. So. Yeah, well, you know, England do best with their backs against the wall. So, you know, I'm 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 holding on to some hope here. I reckon we might be able to pull something out of the bag. I think England will do well as underdogs. They're trying to make a big deal out of Joe Root's form right now in the Indian media. If you look at the articles, there are a lot of articles about Joe Root mm. and uh, how well he's going to do in the series, uh, trying to you know take the limelight off the Indian players. But uh, mm. I think there's more pressure on India to perform because on the back of that uh, fantastic uh, victory down under. So I think it's it will be India's uh, series to lose. And England mm. probably will come back with a very good, I think they will put up a very good fight in my opinion. On the back of that uh, warm-up series they had, in Sri Lanka, so yeah, I think um, I think it's good to see, and we we got some key players obviously coming back into the mix as well. Archer should be nice and rested. Obviously, Stokes and Burns coming back into into the mix as well. You're you know India going to be facing as long as England have enough time and space and and get themselves prepared to get back in gel, then you know it should be a really good fight. I think deep down India should swing it, you know, at home and you know, arguably the best kind of um, test cricket team going. So, you know, they should have it, but I've I've got a lot of, you know, I've got a bit of hope for England pulling pulling some grit and, and going out swinging. And, you know, you talk about Root's sort of batting performance and stuff. And I think, you know, there is a bit to say about the line out there. And, okay, you know, it was, it was, you know, against Sri Lanka and it was, and you could say that, you know, maybe it's, a bit over the top but I think there has been some form issues even beforehand about where some of our guys um, especially when it comes to batting has has been and I think we've got some really exciting players and since Root's taken the captainship we talk you know frequently about it in our pod I think Root did drop a bit of form you know from sort of two years ago where he was playing um, a lot better and I think seeing what he did in the conditions that are going to be similar. I think, you know, it should be something to just keep an eye on for the Indian squad and, and definitely something to talk about. The way he's been performing every time he's been in Asia, he's the English court, as they say. Mm. With the bat, no doubt. And uh, mm-hmm. I think this break that he got from all the cricket and all this hubbub, I think he he really he really used it well. He mm. Mentally, he's become that much stronger. He didn't look any more... Uh, any more effortless or giving putting more any more effort than normal that he's simply scoring back to back literally double hundreds right mm-hmm. and foreign conditions sure not the best attack on the paper or on the field sure but 
who cares a double hundred in foreign conditions is a double hundred in foreign conditions mm-hmm. like to have yep. nearly two of those in two tests i mean i was looking at the series stats from sri lanka and he's outscored the next highest scorer by literally twice as many runs mm-hmm. that's, that's quite something and in a two test series you have 430 runs something i mean that's a joke I mean, he's, he's simply by himself, he scored 75% of England's runs is what it came up to, right? In that two test series. All of those are like unique, unique stats. But the point is, yeah, he's definitely good. So, but uh, if you were to look at, you know, from the squad's makeup perspective and maybe go in how the first uh, test might even pan out. Uh, let's take a first look at the English squad, right? So who would we think might actually turn up for England on that morning? So first morning. So... When I'm looking at the English squad, look, you have um, Zach Crawley, Dom Sibley, and uh, the guy who's back from uh, paternity leave, Rory Burns, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. In this case, um, would you expect that Rory Burns is back in the 11 with maybe Dom Sibley opening, and then Zach Crawley goes to three, and Brute goes down to four? Or do you see the same, they retaining a similar sort of a combination where one of Zach Crawley or maybe one of the other people down the order might miss out, and then Root might stay at three. Certainly for the first test, I think that uh, Burns comes back in and Root drops down to four. I think Root has always said that he prefers being at number four. Um, And I think if he is happy and he's in form, I think as we've seen from the Sri Lanka series, Joe Root at the top of his game can win you a test match on his own. Um, And... I think that's what England are. That's what they need. They need those level of performances from him, uh, where he is at, at really at the top of his game. And I think they will do whatever they can to to put him where he is most comfortable. Um, and if that is means dropping it down to four, I certainly think that's what they will do for for the first test anyway. And I think beyond that, I think that the, the makeup of the squad will change slightly because um, the first test, I think it's been fairly widely publicised that Josh Butler will play the first test, but that's it. He's he's then leaving um, and Ben Fox is going to take over um, with the gloves after that. Um, and I think that changes the makeup of the England batting lineup slightly because I think Butler obviously gives you a lot more batting than Ben Fox potentially does. Um, so I think at that point they might they might reassess um, and it might change who they who they bring in in terms of all rounders and 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 other other things to try and bolster that batting lineup. But I certainly think for that first test, that that's the the lineup that they'll go with and they'll move Root down to four. Then I think you'll you definitely definitely brought up a name, Josh Butler. He'll probably be at five, right? Then comes the fun fun options. So Stokes is back in the reckoning. So is a certain Moin Ali. He's a spinning all-rounder, so he, you would want him to start probably. Uh, but then, do you think both Moin Ali and Stokes will play in the first test? I would think so, but it's it's hard to know. It depends what England do in terms of, of their spin options. Um, I don't think Bess nor Leach as the spin bowlers in Sri Lanka played that well. They, they took some wickets, but I don't think they were certainly standout um, performers where you think, well, they've nailed themselves on for, for every test in, in India. Um, so I would, for, for me, I wouldn't be surprised if if Ali comes in in place of one of those. Um, mm-hmm. England have a habit of, of uh, playing him as a frontline spinner when potentially he should be more in as a batsman and part-time spinner. But I I think I I think they'll I think Stokes and Ali will probably both start um for that for that first game I would I would say yeah I reckon probably Bess out and and Moeen in with Stokes as well 
then that will mean three fast bowlers. I could see England, and I don't know if they will, but I could see England starting with Anderson, Broad and Archer. I, you know, I, I mean, wow. in a way, I would like to see that because I think Archer has that X factor that 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 that's something else that extra pace and and things that and I know it's potentially not um ideal conditions for him but I just think he has that that potential to to put a bit of fear into the opposition I don't know I'd, I'd like Anderson and, and Broad I know Anderson's not had the best of records overseas but I still think he is you know up there with well he's taken more wickets than any other pace bowler ever so I think that's speaks for itself um and and on his day he can he has that ball on a string and and can be great and you know Stuart Broad slightly more patchy but I think he can he could come in I don't necessarily think that's what England will do but I'd quite like to see it um in terms of what what they do I don't know about you Zach um see I'm not sure about Anderson I know that we've mentioned it in the pod a few times but I just think yeah he has the ball on, on a string in, in our kind of conditions, but do we kind of rest him for the overseas series so he gets more game time at home where he where it favours him sort of thing and leave it to Archer Broad? Um, I mean, it's always fun watching Anderson play, but whether or not he's part of that that magical three there, Archer and, Archer and um, Broad, definitely. I've just got a question mark about the last one. I'd probably go for Wood because he's just brute pace. I think I think what they will probably do is just um, is, is rotate Anderson and Broad like they did in Sri Lanka um, and exactly. keep them coming in and out and have have Bess and Leach with Ali as a third spin option. I think that's probably what they will do. Um, hmm. Just yeah, and I, I know Bess and Leach haven't been amazing with the spin, but yeah, I think that's I think that's probably what they will go with and they'll they'll rotate the spin the the uh, quick options between uh, Archer and Broad and um, and Anderson. So if I may add a couple of points there, I think. Jofra Archer is your out and out pacer, the one who can you know who can be the shock lens. You have Ollie Stone who's a backup for him. Mm-hmm. But I expect if Jofra will last, they might even play him three, if not all of the tests. Right. So Jofra will start with him. One of James Anderson and Stuart Broad will start. And I expect James Anderson to play no more than two tests. At best three. So I would say James Anderson, Jofra Archer will start. You have Ben Stokes, right? Remember, you have a guy who can take the newish ball if required, right? Then mm. that leaves you with the option of playing both the spinners. Moin Ali may or may not play. I expect two spinners to play for sure. That because Bess and Leach gave a very good account for themselves in the last test as well in Sri Lanka. And they are the men in position. I would say they will play and one of each type, right? One that takes the ball away from the right-hander, one that brings the ball into the right-hander. One of each. That's perfect. And then because you, you have given yourself the cushion of probably playing Moin Ali, you have another spinner required. This is really fantastic for me. So if I were the England selecting team, I would only pick two of, as you say, Jofra Archer, Anderson, Broad. It will be Archer, Anderson and Archer, Broad. And if Archer sort of novels, you have Ollie Stone. And one of these two will keep you going. They both are equally good. They both are at the top of the game. James Anderson, I think he bowled as well as I've seen him bowl in that first tested call. It was quite something else. Uh, second test, I mean. So in that case, yeah, this is... My 11, so you have Sibley, Burns, Crawley, Root, and then you have Butler, then you have Moeen Ali, Ben Stokes, then you have two spinners, Bess and Leach, and Anderson and Jofra. This will be the 11. Well, uh, the only other possibility I see is on the morning of the game, they feel they really don't need six bowlers in the squad. They will choose for one of either Moeen Ali or Stokes, and 
knowing how England lean, it will probably be Stokes because of his shock value and the way he can change entire games. They'll go for Dan Lawrence then. Then they'll go for five full batters. Josh Butler, the keeping all-rounder. Ben Stokes, the bowling all-rounder, the fast bowling all-rounder. Two spinners, two fast bowlers. I don't see them really playing all six, but yeah, the, the amount of flexibility England has, who knows? Yeah, I, I think that's a good backup to have. And I think that's the, the good thing with the, with the England squad is that they do actually have quite a lot of, of flexibility. Um, but I don't think that they would do that. I think particularly given that Moyn Ali didn't get to play in Sri Lanka, um, I think he'll be starting that first test. Um, and I think Lawrence will will will, will sit it out. Um, I mean, Lawrence looked okay um, for, on debut, but I don't think he, 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 did, he didn't blow everyone away and think, well, he definitely has to be in the starting 11. Um, so I, I think certainly what they will do is start with Ali um, and not Lawrence. Um, but as I said, I think that the, the flexibility that England have got means that they could switch things up for the second and third tests and, you know, and, and however they go. And I think with, with, uh, I think what you said with, with Anderson was, was right that I don't think he will play. He certainly won't play all the tests, but I think they will leave a lot of that to, to how he's bowling, how he is feeling. Um, and I think he's, he's earned that kind of level of him and broad have kind of earned that level of, of seniority that, if Anderson is in good form, if he takes a lot of wickets in that first test and is feeling good going to the second one, he, you know, he can put his hand up and say, "I really want to play this test," and and they'll give big consideration to that. Um, so I think I think there is a lot of flexibility, but yeah, I think I think we've sort of what we've said in terms of what 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 the sort of starting level will be will be the the starting point. But, you know, my concern is is I'm not convinced that that's. I think the the England batting lineup is has. Too many collapses in them. I think, I think the the lot of the the batting side has great potential. I think Crawley, Sibley, Burns, their their people have been calling for for a while to be in the team, and I think they are going to be you know really good solid players for England for a long time to come. But they're still fairly early in their careers for England, and I think there's this is going to be a really new experience for them. And I think there's a lot of batting collapses that we're going to be looking to people like Joe Root and Ben Stokes to get us out of. Um, and I'm not convinced that we've got the the, the spin ballers mm. to, to cause the same in India. But I'm, 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 I, 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 I'm hopeful, ever hopeful. What do you think about Oli Pope? I think that he was also available, right, for the first test. That's what I read. Another batter. I, I really like Oli Pope. Again, I think he's another one of those where, where he is sort of a, a really really talented young younger player that that's again going to be in and around that England team for a long time to come um so I've got I've got a lot of time for him mm-hmm. um and the thing is if if you look at that in terms of the 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 young bats talented batsmen that England have with your Burns, Crawley, Sibley, uh Lawrence, Pope we're actually struggling to try and fit them all in but that's not necessarily a bad thing you know we can rotate them around and if somebody isn't in form we have somebody that's ready to step up and come into that uh, into that team, and I think that's got to be good for, for you know to have that kind of level of competition. That's mm. you know that's what has made as we've seen in Australia. Um, mm. That's what made the India team so good is that the players who step up when those sort of first line players go are, are you know when they're at that level as well. That's what makes you a really competitive top team. So I think that I think the future is bright for England. But I think this series, I think it's going to be a fantastic experience for a lot of those batsmen. But I'm not convinced they're at that level to take on India in India just yet. Give us two years and we'll be back, and mm-hmm. uh, you know you'll you'll be in trouble then. 
Yeah, one other thing I was going to say was how they are going to handle the bowlers. Because we saw what happened in Australia, the same four bowlers, frontline bowlers, playing in all the four test matches. And then they were really tired at the end of the last test match at uh, GABA. Um, so with spin playing a major role in India, I think they will look towards, you know, Moin Ali, Bess, Leach, doing, sharing the bowling a lot with the Pacers, of course. But you can't have, Aditi was saying, you know, Archer was probably going to play three or four tests. I don't see that happening. I think it's going to take a huge toll, especially mm. in subcontinent conditions. When you have very meager returns, uh, the ball doesn't do much. You know, you have to rely very much on your skill and the batsman making a mistake. So it's, it's going to take a toll on the bowlers. So you would try to strengthen your batting lineup, I would say. So if you have an extra batter, if you have an all-rounder, I think you will do really well. Like somebody like Moin Ali. And I was looking at the last series India played in India, uh, England played in India. Uh, and if you check um, the most successful or the prolific bowler, uh, you have Adil Rashi, who is not uh, part of this uh, lineup. He picked up 23 wickets last time India were here, England were here. Um, and then next to that, you have Moin Ali. He's the next highest wicket taker and he took only 10 wickets. Of course, you didn't have Anderson back then. Uh, but yeah, it, it just shows that, you know, spinners will play a big role. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the seamers will play a supporting act. That's my opinion. Uh, spinners need to take control. I think the way I see it, they have Moin Ali at best. The others are still newbies, so they will have to pick up a lot of tricks along the way. So, mm. so it's, it's going to be key how they're going to field all those uh, bowlers. Yeah, but they have a very good batting lineup, so they're very strong all round. Yeah, I think I think that's England's weakness is their is their spin bowling, and I think that's that's going to be how 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 well they they bowl is going to be key. Um, you know, Root will chip in with one or two wickets because he always <laughs> seems to just bowl himself a couple of times and and take the odd wicket here and there. So he just will, you know, you know. It's going to happen, um, um, but yeah, you're right. It's, it is going to be down to that, and and hopefully Moin Ali can find form. He's very much a, a, a form player. Um, he's very much a confidence player, and I think if if he starts well and, and takes a couple of wickets early, or if even if he if if we bat first and he gets some runs under his belt and he starts to feel that confidence, I think that it could be a, a series um, mm. for him, for him really. Um, yeah. So I think he it, it's it's kind of you know it's, he's been out of the team for a little while and this is his, his first time back, so it's it's going to be a really crucial series for him. But uh, hopefully he can he can sort of find find that form and find that confidence and and we'll see how we go. I mean, I think just to pick up on your point about Joffrey Archer, though, I think. Don't 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 underestimate England's uh, ability to flog their fast bowlers if they think they're in with a if yeah. they need them and they're in with a chance. If it's if England are two one down going into the final test and Archer's played well, he's going to be playing that final test even if he's played all three before it. Um, you know, um, I think I think we'll just see how how the test goes. If we're three 0 down, yeah, he'll be sent home and he'll be, he'll be he'll be having a rest. But uh, um, I think if we're if we're close and we're in with a chance of the series, then I think we'll. we'll you know, we'll, we'll flog those fast bowlers as much as we can. Look, yeah, uh, right. I think uh, Archer was rested for the entire Sri Lanka series with this in mind, specifically this tour in mind. He's been in mm-hmm. Indian conditions. He's played probably with Ben Stokes, also IPL, right? Um, so they probably know enough and more about how things are done. Uh, of all the people who who come to India, often probably those two are the most because of the, their involvement with IPL. So. I think their contribution in the 11 would be immense. That's why I said Jofra would probably play. And you're ob- absolutely right. We, we also like to flog our fast bowlers. No, 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 no doubt. Uh, and so, but now if you were to focus to the Indian 11, so I guess 
look uh, you'll have a certain kohli coming back i guess he deserves a place poor guy he, he seems to know how to hold a bat i guess and then you have uh, that means rohit will be one shubman two cheteshwar pujara three kohli four rahane five as things stand right and then then a couple of interesting choices there if hardik pandya is available and is even able to give you eight overs a day or 10 overs a day you will want him because of how good he is with the bat as well right so then i expect it will be pandya then the keeper's choice for me i think based on his recent exploits it is no doubt rishabh pant even though as a pure gloveman riddhi saha would be very tempting but i think his batting is sort of on the decline that's the thing that worries me a little but then so it's pant for me the keeper and then they'll go for two spinners and two fast bowlers uh, in terms of uh, ravichandran ashwin will definitely start whether he'll be accompanied by aksar patel a like for like uh, let's say um, bantamweight jadeja or you can go for a leggy a left arm leggy in uh, kuldeep yadav that's an interesting choice but leggies are a bit unpredictable you you'll want a bit of control maybe so i sort of pick ravichandran ashwin aksar patel and then both jasprit bumrah and ishan sharma are well rested and we know kohli likes a bit of far par he doesn't like to sort of stock three four spinners in the 11 for him it's two is good enough right then probably this is the way i see it but then there is one other possibility that india may actually see maybe they may actually let one of the fast bowlers go play a batsman i don't see that happening on that morning it's mostly that but knowing that india always prefer to have five bowlers even in home conditions and i would say a hardik pandya will play ahead of a washington sundar there because of what hardik can simply do with the bat right so that would be my 11 and i'm curious what uh, you have to say jonathan sakangiri i i i i'm going to throw a quite a question over to you now and and i think so you had the australia series coley left partway through and uh, rahane came in as captain and suddenly performances picked up you started doing really well coley's back there's surely got to be a bit of you know there's surely oh well you know i could do that better than you isn't that going to cause a bit of discontent and allow england to you know sneak in for the win am i am i being overly optimistic here i've changed places with you zach you're normally the optimistic one but <laughs> um i'm just i'm just thinking that's you know with with somebody taking over as captain for a bit it's it's like you know you so somebody stepped into his shoes and now he's coming back there's that little bit of awkwardness you know the i could be doing things better than that and you know i wouldn't have done that you know there's got to be a little, little bit of friction there am am i being too hopeful now you're being too hopeful yes yes i think <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough <laughs> sorry to disappoint you that's not going to happen <laughs> that's fair enough fair uh, enough well, i'm, I'm grasping at straws here yeah, i really am worth it right but i think rahane is uh, not one of those leaders who likes to be you know um, who doesn't try to take the credit too much he's a very modest guy if you look at the way he leads the team and also carries himself around um so he will very happily hand over the reins to kohli and kohli i think is already happy he was part of this you know the strategy forming uh, group before he left for india so he was anyway i think part of this team uh, virtually so he will be happy to come back and take the reins over and i i don't see any friction uh, happening there especially with rahane and uh, uh, rohit sharma around these senior guys i think they will uh, they will take it very easy i think they're cool cool guys chill guys That's that's so, what I wanted to hear. That's that's not no. that's not the news I wanted. <laughs> Hoping for that little bit of a a little bit of a rivalry in the camp, but fair enough. I mean, I would say if if uh, 
picking up on some of the points that we've that we've talked about so we talked about the england betting lineup i think having some gaps maybe some a little bit of lack of experience some you know kind of stumbling not not you know not really getting a start and that's what we kind of worry about as english fans we worry about you know the burns and the sibleys going out and getting edged and you know even though it's just before finding their kind of form you know that we've got I would say a weakness is, is probably a good word for it in terms of our spin, especially on uh, conditions, um, you know, that, that, that suit India. So, I mean, again, what I think England and India, I think India would be thinking about, I'd like to, if I was on, you know, the Indian camp, I'd be thinking about that. And I think you mentioned that they'd probably be, looking at their bowlers and having a good variety because I think that's where they're going to possibly trump England is their variety, their comfortable, uh, you know, ability with the ball on those kind of conditions. And I think some of our new uh, batsmen out there are going to have a real struggle. We'll be able to fight back with some of our paces. And I think the spin that we provide, you know, it's always a challenge trying to read whoever you're kind of facing. I think there'll be, you know, times where we're where we're level there but I think definitely if uh, if India are comfortable with the variety and, and types of bowling that they do on their own soil then I think England might be trouble with some of them inexperienced batsmen out there and I think India will take that into account with the squad. If I may add a message I think that just to address what Zach said if there is a real weakness in the England squad that I see currently it's the top three. Mm. Yeah. On a bad day or on a bad morning it might very well be England might be 18 for three with Joe Root looking <laughs> yeah. with the 100 yard stare at the pavilion. That's that's not a bad day. Yeah. That's that's an average yeah. day. That's the problem, I think. And that's that's what England need to get over. That that's not a bad day for us at the moment. Mm. That's that's pretty standard. If I sleep in and miss the first hour of play on, the, on that first day, and I wake up and see England at you know as you say 18 mm. for three, 25 for three, whatever it is, that's that. I'm thinking, well, if we've got if we've got Root and Stokes at the crease or something, we've got a chance to rebuild now. And so that's that's that is the issue. But I think it is I, I think for me it really is. Yeah. It, it's the experience factor i think those those, those top three are going to learn a lot um in their time out there and i think I, I hope anyway that we see them them grow i think the experience that india have you know your you've got solid international experience right throughout the lineup um and it's not unfortunately for england it's not players who are past their peak it's it's players who are, are pretty much there um, they've been there, they've seen it, they've done it all, and they are pretty much at the top of their game. And there's there's so much of that throughout the lineup, and there's so much depth to that India side that that's you know I, I look at that India team and think you know if if you were looking at it and thinking um, you know if if you're trying to make the best team of of both England and India, you, you're probably only going to be looking at two or three of the England players if you were trying to pick your best eleven throughout and I think yes you you would have your roots and you would have Stokes and you might have Archer but you're probably not going to go much beyond that and the rest of of, of the the depth that you're looking at mm. is really down to India um, and that's that's the worry for me is, is just that experience and that depth and I don't think you will see the collapses yeah. that England probably will. 
All right. And that's 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 the bit that that worries me. That's why I unfortunately I am I have I have made a prediction. I do predicting in India to win four nil. Um, wow. Okay. For all of my that's why I was really looking for that for that source of hope, as you can see. So I'm I'm not hopeful for this this series. Um, that that is a concern for me. Let's see, right? So let's see if we can indeed try to sort of narrow down on it right away. So let's go to our individual predictions. Then we'll probably go away and maybe discuss a little bit about Chennai. So let's go around the table. You've you've put your cards on the table, Jonathan. How about you, Zach? Uh, I reckon they'll lose the first. No, they'll they'll win. England will win the first, lose the second. India will retort, and then there'll be enough game time for people to work out. Possibly with mentorship from Stokes and Archer and and Root being there. So I reckon it will go. Um, it will be three one England. Good God! All right, that's bullish. <laughs> yeah, that's bullish. All right. <laughs> can I just point out? Can I just point out, Zach, that that no away team has won three tests in India since in our yeah. lifetime. I think it was in the eighties. <laughs> I think the West Indies in the eighties did that. I think that's the the last time that that happens. But there you are. I'm just just putting that out there. Records, you can records and stats and and all of these things they get broken and changed all the time. And mm. you know, I've got a good feeling about this. <laughs> Fair enough. What about you, Giri? I'm going to say three nil for India. They're going to win uh, two Test matches in uh, Chennai, and then they will win one more in uh, Ahmedabad. The other one will be a draw. I think that's uh, what I'm going to think. Anyway, that's my prediction. But it will it will be a hard fought series. Uh, India still have an upper hand. I think looking at the squads. They are definitely looking good on paper, uh, but will they deliver the goods? Yeah, remains to be seen. Hopefully, they're not so complacent after that uh, series victory. For me, it'll be probably a three-nil or a three-one win to India. I will give England one test because I have a feeling, not the first but the second test, they will somehow find it in themselves that they will win the first one, but then probably in the second one, England will surprise them. Yeah. Once we go to Motera. It's, it's nobody knows what's going to happen. Well, we've seen some limited overs games played there, limited T20 games there, limited overs. But um, as a long-term pitch, as a five-day pitch, we don't know. It's a new quantity. But I would still back the Indian team. So I would say it's a three-one to India or a three-nil to India. So well, at least Zach, one of them has made a strong prediction. Uh, yeah. And if possible, we'll have you back uh, for the series review, and mm-hmm. we'll see where we all are. I mean, I'm really hoping. There will be a some at least some of us will be shamefaced. <laughs> we'll see which one of us it will turn out to be. <laughs> All right. So well, now just to come back to the conditions and other things, right? So uh, there is some there is some good news at least uh, that the second test might have some crowds, right? So from the Chapak, first test is going to be closed for sure, right? And the second test they are discussing it will be fifty percent stadium capacity. They are really thinking about this. It's not confirmed mm. by no means. But that's fantastic news. 50% occupancy is quite a big crowd in India. That might mean that might mean something as far as having the crowds back in India. Uh, we know how much uh, we fans, the India Test fans, would like to go and cheer our teams on. That's fantastic news. Uh, that at least you know in India, they are thinking of bringing the uh, crowds back. I mean, there's some, there is a pandemic on, no doubt, but it's been declining in India. At least that's the feeling we get, uh, even as sort of winter is ending there right a bit early i'm told and uh, in the southern part of india so i think that's that's a good news um but 
do you think uh, it might play against indians for the first time playing in front of a home crowd and they suddenly have expectations to deal with i, th- I think i mean i, I hope I mean, as i said we've seen i'm clutching at straws already but yeah that could it could add extra pressure that that is the other thing the other element to this is, is that, that there is a lot more pressure on um india and and if there are, there are fans in in the ground then that adds adds an extra element to that um and i think england are going without a huge amount of, of expectations on them um and i think that might might well help them relax and, and get into games a little bit more and and you know if you if you have got fans in there then that's um you know that that that's add, added pressure onto you know the indian team and you know we know how many people are going to be watching on tv around the world and um it's just been announced here in in England actually that it's that all the tests are going to be shown on free to air TV and that's the first time that that's been um happened for an England test series well for any uh, test cricket series in England uh, since 2005 so that's that's huge and that that's going to be a, a real bonus and hopefully get more people watching it so um yeah so that that's that's really fantastic news for for us but uh yeah i th- i think there's the the pressure is entirely all on india and my hope is is that that uh that that will start, yes, that the cracks will start to show. Mm. What do you say? Anything to wrap this up? I think it's difficult, isn't it? And it's great that there's a there's a crowd there. I don't know if it will swing, what way it will swing in in favour of, because there is that pressure there. But I feel like India playing at home, having the crowd there, the the India support and supporters in 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 cricket are amazing. Um, and they bring such a vibe and such an energy and i think you know there is that pressure for for india to perform but i think i think any team would would feed off of that um so you know i think it's a good thing i just hope you know i mean that's a lot still i don't know how big the stadium is but 50% capacity um depending on that that's a lot of people i just hope that it's still safe and that it it keeps the say you know the players and the fans safe um but if 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 all of that is all well and good then i think india should uh, be feeding off of that to kind of bolster them and england will feel like it's it's them against the world but i think that's where sometimes we perform best so good fight all round okay so you still say three one to england yeah absolutely no doubt that was never in question it would just make it sweeter when we win <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, I will wait and watch. But you know what? As a cricket fan, all I want are tough cricket matches, really mm-hmm. well-fought cricket matches. And let's see how the results fall. Let let them fall as they may. And like what just happened in Australia, I would have taken a draw. I would, at my dares, I would have taken a loss for India in the last test. But I'm really happy they won. Mm-hmm. So the matches were fantastic. Each match got more and more progressively exciting. That's what I'm looking for from the series. so but yeah my heart of hearts i should also say india should take the series at least 2-0 so that they can go to england in may in uh, july but let's see the only yeah the only thing i am afraid of is a run feast i don't i mean i hope that they don't become you know flat deck bullies so that you know you you get a lot of runs 500 plus runs uh, first innings and then ending up in a tame draw i don't want to see that at least i want to see four innings being played yeah. so yeah I, I don't think England getting over 500 is going to be a concern for you honestly don't 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 don't, don't stress yourself out about that one because I, I don't know when the last time that actually happened so yeah yeah last time they did score 400 plus if you remember 500 I think, plus, 
India then scored. Yeah, yeah. No, I think India then scored 700 plus. Mm. The famous three mm. triple century by Karun Nair. Yeah, so it has happened. So it could well happen. We don't know. Let's see. Let's move on. Let's see some of the cricket from the other part of the world. So there's an actually test on going. Bangladesh versus West Indies. So the very first test and um, at least it started in in a much more exciting and much more evenly poised manner after the first day the game is pretty much even stevens right so um, the way i look at it bangladesh could have run away with it at some point in time and at 193 for 5 there was a good chance west indies could have really uh, got on top but it sort of finished uh, even stevens 242 for 5 end of the first day all 90 overs bowled good to see by the way and look bangladesh having chosen to bat first they'll be a bit disappointed there with their top order at the top 5 because shadman islam did the right thing took a lot of balls 150 plus balls for his 59 nasmul hasan shanto ran himself out 25 mominul haq skipper 26 ushikur rahim shakib al hasan 38 shikib out but shakib not out and liton das a very enterprising 34 at the end so um, well there were two very crucial points i thought 134 for 4 when um, shadman was dismissed then at least the two veterans rahim and uh, shakib made sure they put on enough runs and kept west indies away for more than an hour an hour and a half so there was no back to back wickets and then once mushfiqur rahim got out alitan das made sure for about 20 minutes 25 minutes he simply blocked all the balls absorbed all the pressure that meant you know at least again no back to back wickets with the new ball due and all that so they made sure once the new ball sort of Uh, was in a good position they felt now nah, we can score i think leton das hit out a few boundaries towards the end of the day and otherwise i would have said this would this would have been west indies day um jonathan how much of it did you follow and what are your thoughts on this uh, i mean i didn't get to see much of it but um I, i i do think that west indies will be the happier of the two teams um i i think the way the the game is poised i think it is pretty even um and i think you're right i think without that sort of late flurry of runs that i think um the west indies would definitely have been happier but i think overall having them having um bangladesh five wickets down i think they you know they haven't given away as many runs as they could have done i think they they'd like to get shaky about um as quickly as they as they can tomorrow but um i think that you know it's not it's not the strongest west indies team um there and i think to to have them in that kind of position i think they're doing pretty well and i think they'll be relatively happy with that i think getting tamim early was was kind of key to just keeping control of that that as it so often is with bangladesh just keeping control of that that um innings um and i think they're keeping themselves in the game which i think is all they can be asking for at, at this point so yeah i think i think it'll be really interesting if they can get a couple of quick wickets early tomorrow and and sort of get bangladesh out for 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 not too many more runs then i think they'll fancy them, themselves to go and go and put some put, put some runs on themselves so yeah i think it's it's evenly poised it's which is exactly what we want to see um so yeah i think it, i think it's going to be a really interesting game to see well i tend to agree with you but then in this case i have a sneaky feeling it's going to go either really bad for them because usually you put up your best day in the first day of a test right when a really weak team is taking on the strong team and then about second to third day onwards the remaining seven or eight days will be a washout or will be a complete write off it i'm really worried this might happen to the west indies uh, they really did not do well for themselves in the odi so they'll really want to show off something here they have their let's say first choice fast bowling attack they have their first choice spinner as well rakim conwal 
Jamal Warakan did a fantastic job on the first day. Took three wickets and also a lot of tight, tight spells throughout the day. But yeah, let's see what I really. They have their first choice of openers as well, frankly, and one of the middle order batsmen they would normally have. But then, not a lot after that. So, a lot will depend on how they start their innings and how quickly they can bundle out the Bangladesh uh, top uh, bottom order. What you said, right? So yeah, but it remains to be seen. At least they have started okay. Yeah, and I, I don't think I don't think either of these teams are. are um, I think they both have a collapse in them, and I think they both could could. And I think it will depend on on who bowls well and who who gets the other team to sort of capitulate. And I think that there could be a flurry of wickets at any point during this match, which I think makes it really entertaining to watch. Um, you know, we could we could easily see these two stick around for a long time and and Bangladesh go and get three fifty, or or we could see them bowled out for for two eighty, and and we could see you know West Indies equally. You could either see them them being like four or five down very quickly, or them them sort of sticking around and making big scores. So I think that that's makes it really entertaining viewing for the neutrals anyway. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it. Now, uh, if you were to go ahead, take a quick review of the. South Africa and Pakistan test that's about to begin uh, tomorrow, mm-hmm. effectively the fourth of February. So in this case, uh, do you think South Africa will be able to fight back at all? Because they were in a good position the first test, but they threw it away. Do you think they'll be able to fight back? Um, overall, I'm not sure. Um, I think I think I think this South Africa team is in a little bit of a state of transition. Um, you know, I think they've still, they've still got some exceptional cricketers, and so I would never rule anything out with them. You know, I think you look you look at some of their team, and and you know, Rabada and and De Kock and and you know, Markham Elgar, they've got some very good cricketers. Um, so I I would never rule anything out, but I think Pakistan have looked pretty good, and I think they've looked as if they are the better team and will continue that through the series i think yeah i think this south africa team has a bit of soul searching to do um they're not they're not what they once were with their their sort of um you know they they had incredible teams of of you know well relatively recent years but certainly in the sort of past, past 20 years or so and i think this team isn't isn't at that level and i think they they've got some work to do to get there i enjoy watching pakistan play i think they have at the moment, anyway, a wealth of experience and new talent coming up. Uh, they've got a really good variety of bowling. I think their batting's there. They've got one of the best wicketkeepers in the world, I think. Um, and like Jonathan said, South Africa haven't been looking too strong for, you know, sort of a while. I, I would be hedging my bets on Pakistan, most likely. Yeah, fair enough. So look, when, it, when we look at the squads... Rahul Pindi is the second uh, test venue and it's a slightly faster one than Karachi, for example. I think from that perspective, I expect South Africa to make a few changes. Uh, probably only one of Kesho Maharaj and George Linda might play. And then they might try to get the left-arm leggy, Tabrez Shamsi in the place of one of the fast bowlers. Probably Luke Yengidi. Of the three, he looked the most, let's say, anodyne. But then I would try to see if they can get Vian Mulder in. So in the place of a proper batter, full batter is required. So you have Dean Elgar, Eden Makram, both did well. Rasifan Reddison did well. Fabio Plessy, Quinton de Kock have a lot to show. And then Temba Bouma was okay, right? So then I would say have Vian Mulder in because he can give you that seam, that bit of control with the seam. He can be a third seamer. But Kagisorabada will definitely start and Enric Narkia because of the shock value he brings with the pace. We'll see how that goes. At least this is my prediction for South Africa. But then... Pakistan, I think they'll not want to make, make too many changes. They might be tempted to 
let go of one of the two spinners, bring in another pacer. But considering they have um, Fahim Ashraf in the 11, who's fast bowling all round, I think they're they're okay. And uh, why change a winning combination, as they always say, right? So just a small prediction mm-hmm. from, yeah. uh, but I expect it'll be a 2 nil for uh, Pakistan indeed. It might be a equally hard fought, if not a bit more of a hard fought game, but Pakistan playing at home, they're way too much of a favorite for me. They will take it off. They will take it away. But the one thing I really want to see change soon, if it's even a possibility, is Quinted de Kock doesn't doesn't look comfortable with the captaincy, right? No, definitely not. I think Markram should take over. They should give Markram enough chance to become the next captain. He has been the under-19 captain for the South Africa team. So I see him as the only potential leader in that group in, in the up-and-coming generation, of course. But um, yeah, Quinton de Kock doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't look very enthusiastic on the field. And I think as a leader, you need to have a bet. You need to show a better body language. I think the gestures or, yeah, I don't see the energy in him. I don't see any sort of, uh, um, yeah. I mean, there is not even any, any sort of aggression. So, I mean, uh, if anything, Mark Ram could be the next leader there. So I, I don't think it, I don't think they will change the leadership right now, but uh, that's something for them to think mm-hmm. about. Um, from, uh, talking about this match, which is going to be played at Rawalpindi, and as you said, Ajit, it's a sort of a faster pitch. Um, and I think I was listening to Shoy Bakhtar talking about this stadium. It's a bit pacey, and it's going to be cooler uh, up mm-hmm. north because it's still the winter months, right? So uh, the the pitch may play a bit differently. And looking at the previous records at this ground, there have been a lot of matches that have been won by an innings. And a few runs, so it looked like a high-scoring game. Um, so whoever wins the toss, it doesn't matter because the last ten matches have uh, been won by the bowling uh, bowling team as well as the batting team. So they 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 it looks pretty uh, even, Stevens. I have to say. So yeah, so it's it's uh, Pakistan's match to lose if they don't show up. Uh, otherwise, I think it's two nil wrapped up mm. as a wonderful gift. Well, we'll see how that unfolds. If you were to take a look at some of the cricketing news from outside of the cricket field, you know, we were discussing earlier that Sri Lanka may actually go to West Indies, but looks like there may be a spanner in the works because Mickey Arthur, the coach, Lahiru Tirimanna, the opener, have tested positive for COVID. And I think West Indian islands, they are some of the most COVID-free places on the planet. They'll want to be very careful about this. So we don't know if the store will really go ahead, something that sort of... Uh, yeah, it would have been good, but then we don't know if this is really going to happen. So they need to all leave by February 20th. They need to have recovered and have the negative uh, test certificates with them because the first test starts already by 20th Feb. Not a lot of time left, really, for them to acclimatize or stay in quarantine. It looks very tough. Um, so, yeah, let's see how this goes about. And then, well, a word about Ashoka Dinda. He's announced his retirement from international and, well, all forms of cricket. 36-year-old, played for nearly two decades. I mean, he didn't have a stellar uh, career at the very top. Uh, But then he's been a giant in uh, Indian domestic uh, first-class scene, at least. Right? So he's bagged quite a lot of wickets for Bengal. I saw a tweet about it. I think out of the last 10 seasons, for the last eight seasons or so, Dinda has been the highest wicket-taker for Bengal. Last season, he represented Goa, I think, yeah, I think it's it's coming to the end of his journey. We wish Dinda all the best in the upcoming uh, careers or whichever career he may choose. 
Uh, moving further, well, a little bit more Aussie bashing before we let you go, Jonathan. So it looks like Langer has admitted that there may be some player discontent after all in the uh, dressing room. And I mean, I think that's it's it's interesting that Langer has come out and and commented on it. I think what we saw and what 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 certainly me and Zach have talked about on our podcast a little bit over the last couple of weeks is that that veneer, that that change of of Australian cricket culture. Uh, that uh, it does seem to have been a bit of a veneer, and as as soon as there was they were under pressure, as they were in that India series, it it suddenly seemed to slip, and and the the the, the cracks started to show, and that that underlying sandpapery kind of attitude. Yes, I I am well aware of the pun, but yeah, the uh that that kind of sandpaper attitude that must win at all costs really started to come out again, and I think I think. You know, Langer is clearly, you know, he has basically said it himself. He's not an approachable guy. He's, you know, he's he's not put his arm around these players or anything. And I think that's uh, now showing that that really that that Australian attitude of, of they will do anything to win has come back through to the fore. And you know, I suppose you know Tim Payne's supposed to be the nice guy to to you know lead this new culture of Australia. That that just seems to have dissipated very quickly as soon as they were under any sort of pressure so yeah I, I, I think that's not a terrible surprise I don't think there has been a great shift in cricket culture from Australia and I think I think they will continue on and there and the way that they have done for, for for you know many years previously and to a certain extent it will probably help them be successful but um you know it's it, potentially not the most enjoyable dressing room to be in bad sound of it so there we are that's enough Aussie bashing from me there we are I've, I've started everybody off I think Langer is a very honest guy as he has uh, spoken about himself at length in all those interviews right so he's the first one to accept when things are going are not going right um, so I don't know what's he, what he's going to do with the team which is probably trying to uh, you know start a mutiny I don't know if you can call it that uh, but I think Australians, when the Australian team looks like this, when they don't show their attitude on the field, it doesn't look like an Australian team of the past. I mean, they have lost, sort of lost their color or character. So they should not try to change themselves too much. And they've tried too hard, I think, after the Sandpaper Gate. Um, they should go back to what they were, you know, beasts. Uh, and yeah, and then they will they will play their best. When Team Payne does decide to step down as captain who will take over that's another question for me uh, will it go back to steve smith i don't know I mean, there's a lot of questions to be answered this is a shadow of the team that played under steve smith who wanted to win at all costs and they did pay a huge price uh, for that of course but uh, yeah we, we would all i think for me personally i would like to see an australian team which is really strong uh, the reality show on uh, prime amazon prime the test. I don't know if you guys if you guys have watched it. Um, I've, I've seen I've seen clips of it, but I've not I've not watched it all all the way through yet. But uh, it is it is on my my lockdown watch list um, to 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 see that because uh, I think it is going to be interesting. And I think you I think you're right. I think having a strong Australia team is good. I mean, one of my favourite ever cricket series is was England versus uh, the Ashes, uh, England versus Australia in in two thousand and four or five. Um, and that that was just such a brilliant series because it was a, a really strong um, Australia team that were beaten by England. Um, but it was, you know, it was a really strong team. And I think that is good for cricket. Um, 
but I, I do think I think Steve Smith took back over, and I think they they stop this, you know, trying to be nice to everyone, and they're just gonna, you know, double down on their, uh, you know, trying to win everything, and uh, you know, bring it on. I, I like that. I like a bit of, you know, mm-hmm. I like Australia being the the sort of pantomime villain that everyone wants to to lose. I think I think that's great for the game. So yeah, bring that on. I I completely agree with your point, Gary. That you know they do seem like a shadow of themselves and it's it's Australians not trying to be, they're trying not to be Australian and they are a team that are talkative. They are a team that will poke and prod and they have grit and they have fight. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. They've done a lot to try and preserve this image on the back of, um, you know, events to, to sort of shield that and in, in, in cricket. And I think, you know, maybe they are losing themselves a bit. I mean, yeah, they retained the Ashes, but you know, um, it, you're right. It's not the side. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not the side. And I think it's not the Australian side that we know and love and and, and love in that in that kind of Test cricket world. And I think there is a bit of that loss. And I think you know they do need to retain some of that grit. Australians just in general have that fight and that banter and that grit about them. And I think that needs to be. You know that needs to be reciprocated. They need to tra- stay true to themselves to get the best results and, and stand by that. As goes a line in one of those famous modern songs, "A coat of gold or a coat of red, a land still has claws." So one can never forget it. Well, suddenly sometimes the claws might be withdrawn for one reason or the other. I would never underestimate an Aussie in a field cricket, frankly, at any level. Well, that's enough Aussie bashing. I agree. I think we should move on. Um, well, at least. Uh, when it comes to more cricket in the offing, it looks like Sri Lanka's, um, let's say, tour of West Indies, whether it may happen or not, we don't know. But there is a proposed um, ODA tour of Bangladesh that Sri Lanka uh, planned to undertake in May. So uh, we are really hoping more power there that uh, we get to see more cricket. Though May, I don't know what sort of a time it would be to tour Bangladesh because I guess it rains all, all year round, I'm sure, much like Scotland or someplace else. But uh, yeah, it remains to be seen, really. Uh, that, that's going to be an interesting tussle one way or the other. I think it's going to be great. So as cricket fans, we should look forward to it. Now, moving forward to the trivia section. So the trivia question from the previous episode, uh, because we were, I told you, discussing a lot about uh, Rabada and 200 test wickets in that episode. So the question was, who is the fastest to 200 test wickets in terms of deliveries bold in the recorded time of cricket? We know cricket did not record deliveries for a very long time. So... Maybe I'll let first Jonathan and then Zach have a go. Probably you guys know the answer. But who do you think is the answer to this question? I have absolutely no idea. Uh, the fastest to 200 test w- wickets. In terms of balls bowled, yeah. In, fact, in terms of fast following. Uh, couldn't even name all the people that have gone past 200 <laughs> test wickets. And then who did it the fastest? I've not got a skeevy, sorry. We'll let Giri enlighten us all then, shall we? No, I think we were reflecting on what Rabada has achieved in his very short career. At the age of 25, he picked up his uh, 200th wicket. Uh, however, he was not the fastest to do it in terms of deliveries ball. There was a certain Wakar Yunis from Pakistan who achieved it in lesser number of, red, lesser number of deliveries. So I think Rabada took uh, 8,000 and a bit deliveries to pick up 200 wickets while Vakarunis took 7,725. First is Vakarunis and then you have Dale Stein who 
who picked up his 200th in 7848 deliveries yeah. like always mm, the question will almost always have the answer in the episode if you heard the episode you probably heard the name of the answer maybe once maybe multiple times so the trivia question this episode is so with a minimum cut off of 10 man of the match awards in tests which male player has the highest occurrence rate of man of the match that means if you were to think of how often he gets a man of the match award who has the lowest number like so probably you guys already have a guess or three maybe you can let us know offline what do you think about it right so yeah i can definitely tell you maybe giri can also tell us giri did we discuss about this player at all in today's episode if we talk about a certain team and if we start bashing them you know we always name this player eventually so fair enough he will not fair escape enough. our attention <laughs> for our listeners who may want to have a who may want to have a tilt at this who may actually know the answer uh, please do write into us we are on twitter during the ongoing games at amchekrickpod or uh, via mail amchek.cricket@gmail.com also if you want to let us know if there are multiple uh, podcast channels where we actually host this podcast so if you could also leave it as a comment on those uh, also on facebook for example there are multiple ways you could reach out to us we would always like to know what you think so i think um, it's time to say a thank you to our guests it's been a very enjoyable chat jonathan and zack and i by the way i should uh, now let you know i didn't want to tell you at the beginning of the episode i have heard your latest episode that you already <laughs> made some predictions but that's beside the point so you have an another episode where uh, people can also listen to more of this sort of uh, banter when uh, it comes to india store of england but um is there anything you guys would like to plug uh yeah i mean you you can find uh, the latest episode which i'm very glad you you have listened to and hopefully enjoyed uh, yeah you can find that on all the usual podcast channels or so on itunes spotify and and all of that kind of stuff um and the best other way to reach out to us is to uh, also uh, follow us on twitter we are at wrong end podcast um we're also on instagram and other things but we're mostly on twitter um so yeah come and come and join in the cricket conversation on twitter because there's some great people that we end up meeting and and do podcast with so uh, thank you very much for having us um ajit gary it's been it's been a, an absolute blast and um, yeah we've really enjoyed it definitely thank you for having us it's been a real good chat thanks a lot we'll see we've made some bold predictions we'll see how things unfold and uh, plenty <laughs> of test match cricket to come up plenty of other cricket to also the indian domestic season is starting up the domestic season in general in the asian subcontinent is starting up so plenty to see and plenty to talk about in the coming weeks so having said all that i would like to thank our guests and uh well that's a goodbye from me bye bye thank you and say goodbye from them all bye bye this is the armchair cricket podcast